I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com, the Michael Man, the One More Thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Week two, part three and four. I mean, it's literally everything I'm looking forward to right now. I mean, every Sunday night. I mean, it's just two Sunday nights in a row, and both times at ten o'clock Central Time. I'm just walking out of it. I'm like leaving the living room. Like I just want more. Like just give me the, my fix of this. I want every bit of this. This is one of the best, not just sports. I think it's one of the best documentaries ever produced. It's been amazing. It's been awesome. We're we're talking about the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN. Uh, man, we're gonna break some of this down today. There's really not a whole lot of Mavericks news out there. Uh, uh, this episode's all about ex Maverick Dennis Rodman. What? <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I'm just saying in current day, in present day, yeah, I'm yeah. Do- we're doing the timeline thing. So we're back to, <laughs> oh yeah, we're back to present day. Uh, but for for the 2020 Mavericks, there's not a lot of news out right now. I saw Luca did an interview. Uh, with Slovenian news, so we'll try to dissect that possibly tomorrow. Talk about some more newsy stuff um, with, you know, Woj making the announcement that teams are allowed to open up their practice facilities if the state is open and things like that. We'll talk about all that tomorrow. Today we're just going to talk about the Michael Jordan doc because it's one of the greatest things in sports right now. The only great thing in, sp- in sports right now yes. besides the NFL draft. This episode was all about. The first episode, I guess, number three was about Dennis Rodman, and then four was a lot about Phil Jackson, and it's kind of weaving through the you know the '98 season as well. This whole documentary, but um, Dennis Rodman. Let's start with this. Mm. David Aldridge said that Dennis Rodman was the best on-ball defender he's ever seen. That's praise. That's <laughs> wild. Now he was by the time he got to the Bulls, he was. Let's see, he was 36 during the 98 season. So he was like 30, 34, 35, 36. So he's, he's towards the end of his career at that point. And then we know, as Mavericks fans, we know he played two more years. He played one of the Lakers and like 12 games with the Mavericks towards the end. And that was the end of his career. But the fact that David Aldridge said that uh, really perked my ears up. Man, that he was the best on ball. Because you're talking about a team with Jordan, who was a defensive player of the year, Scottie Pippen, who took on Magic Johnson, as we saw in, in part four in the finals. Uh, man, just an inc- incredible trio of wing defenders, those three guys. It's crazy how Dennis Rodman's remembered. Because, like, you, you can talk to some people in, like, some circles, and it's like, the big three. And it's like, Dennis yeah. is a star. And it's really wild seeing... Just Rodman's career and the accolades that he has now. Like, when Dennis Rodman was elected to the Hall of Fame, I was low-key kind of surprised. Just because, like, in a... Like, I don't want to come across like I'm, like, bashing Rodman now because I love this episode. I love Rodman. But, like, Rodman wasn't, like, the superstar. Like, he wasn't a superstar. He was, like, the, the best at like the best role player you could possibly have. I was trying to think of like modern day comparisons. I've seen, you know, people tweeting that out. Like who's the modern day comparison? It's, he's he's not the same style of player, but it's like the Draymond role, right? Like yeah, exactly. He yes. wouldn't he, like he would like Rodman was an all-star twice, but he wasn't with the Bulls, I don't think. 
and he no it's both yeah. in detroit yeah yeah, yeah. and so he, it's kind of like that as a role not not in a style but and you and you tweeted out some of his stats of just like i mean even his career like he's his career points per game is 7.3 points a game he only <laughs> averaged over 10 points a game uh his second season in the league for detroit and that was at 11.6 a game and it's just like he, it's kind of like a, a better version of Tony Allen, but he was the best. Like he made that. Like they wouldn't have won the titles without Dennis Schrodman. You know that. You know in the late nineties the there. Three, yeah, yeah, the last ones. But it's like he's the best version of what they ex- and they perfectly needed. He fit the puzzle piece when I think Pippen said, you know, when he came on board, which just that whole sequence was funny because <laughs> it's like the Spurs, you know, the Bulls. Are, we have the structure for the Bulls, so we think we can handle them. Like, wow, how tides or have the, turned. That the Spurs can't. Yeah, the Spurs couldn't, but the Bulls could. And you know, they talk, asked Scotty about the fit, and he said he fit like a glove. And he, what he brought to that team. So it's like it's weird because some people view him as this like the third star, big three superstar, Hall of Famer, but he's not like uh, the superstar. He was just the best version of that perfect role player that you could possibly imagine. And man, I just love. Yeah, I love Rodman, man. Yeah, it was a very eye-opening episode. Uh, I felt like I knew a lot of the things about Rodman. Um, but there's a couple things I didn't know, and I wrote down I have my list of things that I didn't know. Uh, like you guys have listened before, I was you know in elementary school when all this happened, so I don't remember a ton. Rodman went to Southeastern Oklahoma State, so another guy. Pippen was was kind of the same thing. Went to these smaller colleges; they weren't really that well known. Rodman went in the second round, and then he really rose to prominence with that Bad Boys Pistons team and became like a really well known player. Also, by the way, I looked I looked at the '86 draft when Rodman was drafted. So he was the 27th pick in the second round, um, and there's seven rounds. Or no, he was the like the third pick in the, the second round. But there's seven rounds back then of the draft. Honestly, I'd watch it all right now. That makes absolutely <laughs> no sense for there to be set. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was looking, and in the seventh round, only two guys played any NBA minutes at all. <laughs> That's like, why. Well, seven rounds. We don't even have three. We have two right now. That's crazy. Um, looking back at Rodman, just that he, you know, I think in that when he was 36 and that last year, that 97, 98 season, you know, he averaged 15 boards a game, which is rebounds. It's crazy. That's when you look at when he turned 30, basically the nineties, these were his <laughs> rebounds per game, 18, 18, 17, 16, 14, 16, 15, like absolutely insane 18 per career. game. And the crazy thing is six, seven. He averaged 18 boards a game at 6'7". And, man, was there not... It was This could have been my favorite part of this whole like night of week two. I love seeing people... Uh, this is going to be even... I'm going more off track here, but... <laughs> I love the song. I love the song. I love the show Songland, and I love the song. I love Songland because I see these people in their element, like Ryan Tedder and some of these like producers and these brilliant people with music stuff. And it's just like in their head, it's all going together, and they're like doing this, and they're pulling, they're improving and melodies and all this like musical stuff that I can't do. And I just I love seeing people who have perfected their craft, just see, trying to see them in their element and they're in their zone and their mind, how their mind works. 
I got that same feeling when I was watching Rodman tonight. And he's like, and I would just see the angle of the ball. And it would hit there. And it would go there. And he'd go there. And he's doing all that stuff with his hand. And then, you know, the ball would hit the rim there. And I knew it would go home. And it would come this way. And he was, like, going through all of these different angles. Because, and I've you've seen stuff about Rodman. Talked about that before. How it was all about positioning for him. And watching the angle that the ball was in the air. Where it would hit. And just seeing him process that, it's like I just felt like I was watching a genius just like explain <laughs> their craft because he's literally one of the best rebounders of all time. Yeah, a rebounding genius, <laughs> which is yeah. which is yeah, wild yeah. to think that that's <laughs> which is wild to think that that's the thing, right? That's the thing that that perked his genius up, I guess. Uh, all right, coming up, there's so many more things to talk about with uh, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, so many other things with this Jordan documentary. Stick with us coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Right now, I know a lot of us are still staying indoors. I know in Texas, they've kind of eased off of some of the social distancing guidelines and things. Restaurants are opening up, I guess. But if you want to stay safe, which I think a lot of us should still do, if you want to stay safe, you want to stay inside, uh, but you need to get a fix, you need something from, from a restaurant, you need something from somewhere, Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They also make life easier with grocery delivery. Whatever I can think of delivery, convenience store, clothing stores, you name it, Postmate it. Postmates will send anything to your house, uh, so no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. You don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 free delivery credit for your first seven days. So if you still haven't done it, this is still open for you. First seven days when you download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA, start your deliveries, you get $100 of free delivery credit. You're basically just paying for the stuff. You don't even have to pay to get it delivered. I know for me, a lot of it's the problem is, well, okay, I can deliver food, but it costs, you know, that extra delivery fee where I can just go out and get it myself. But with this, $100 of free delivery credit, code LOCKEDONNBA, with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more Dennis Rodman stuff, Phil Jackson stuff. We're talking about The Last Dance, the ESPN documentary that was premiered uh, episode three and four last night. A couple other things I didn't know about Dennis Rodman. Um, I didn't know about the Vegas story. I think I had heard rumblings of him like walking away for a couple days, but uh, the Dennis Rodman Vegas story was it was amazing. So in, in January of 98, basically... This is the this is in the '98 season, so the you know the third year they're trying to you know repeat for the title. He goes to Phil Jackson and he's like, "I need a break. <laughs> I just need a break." Jordan had taken his break, I guess, with the uh, with playing baseball for two years. Uh, Pippen had took it, taken his break. He was out with the you know the injury with his you know that he didn't that he didn't want to mess up his summer, so he, he stayed off the court, and um, so he needed a break and he wanted to go out and Phil Jackson being the Zen master that he was decided to allow Dennis Rodman to leave the team for 48 hours and to go to Vegas, which is just a recipe for hilarity. Like I I can't imagine the reality show that would be made today. If there's not even a comparison in today's NBA, there's there's not even who would be the player. There's not even anyone close right now. I mean, it would be like if Draymond green, was changing like that had the physical appearance of Dennis Rodman changed his hair all the time, but also was dating like I don't know 
uh, Lady Gaga, right? Like a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, like a Kardashian. Yeah, <laughs> have to be like that level. And he was just like this huge star. I mean, it's insane to think of uh, what that was like. And they didn't, sh- they did not show enough Vegas footage in this documentary. That's my, that's my one qualm with this. With this one was they did not show enough of it. But so after he leaves, he obviously doesn't come back within forty eight hours. He's out for two games. He's basically out for four days, possibly five, depending on when that practice was. But Michael Jordan got him out of bed to get him to practice, and he showed up to practice in his pajamas, <laughs> and he missed two games. What an incredible story! I just I, this documentary is worth it. I think just for that, and and how they told that story that. They yeah, had, it was way better. Him, they, had, they had MJ tell the story. Then they went, which I tweeted this out, but it's like, who, whoever threw out this in the brainstorming session of like, hey, you know what we should do? We should like, you know, have some of the stuff that people say on camera and then we should play it back for some people in the documentary and have them react to it. Brilliant idea. So well, they it's, hand, the, it's the 21st century journalism right there right like you you go ask somebody a question they answer the question you go over to the other locker room and you say this is what that person just said right it's it's what we do in nba media now we've seen that uh, happen plenty of times in person Uh, (laughs) yes in person um but see it yeah they obviously talk to jordan first and they hand a phone or tablet to pippen rodman and phil and mj's telling the story of like you know, going to the office and asking for the break and stuff. And MJ tells Phil, it's like, it ain't going to be 48 hours. He ain't going to be back. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, the craziness that he goes to Vegas and then MJ saying that, like, yeah, they had to go get him and get him out of bed. And it's like, come on, you, you got to come back. I mean, one Rodman, like, if you think about athletes that happened pre Twitter, and you made a list of top five, top ten athletes that you wish Twitter was around for. Rodman's for sure in the top five. Like, maybe top three. Wilt Chamberlain's probably up there, too. Wilt's definitely up there. <laughs> 100%. But it's like, just athletes in all sports, Rodman is definitely in that top five, top ten. Oh, Muhammad Ali, absolutely up there. True. Yes. This would be a great list to make. Yeah, but that we wish I was just Twitter imagining was what... The Rodman Vegas trip would have looked like on NBA Twitter. Every day there would have been updates. Somebody would have been, like it would have been absolutely unreal. And that's just like just Rodman's whole like career, like past the Pistons, I guess. I guess you know just those you know those Bulls years. Just Twitter with Rodman would have been. Would ESPN insane. send a reporter to try and find Dennis Rodman? Oh, TMZ would have oh, been well, all over. Yeah, it. you know they'd be there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, the story is written about it, the craziness. Um, yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like on Twitter. So, Rodman was, you know, when they started all this, he was dating Madonna. And then when he was in during doing this Vegas trip, he was dating Carmen Electra. And they're interviewing Carmen Electra. And she's like, yeah, I didn't really understand why he was he was here. I didn't really know that he had games and stuff <laughs> that he was missing. <laughs> That was hilarious part of the documentary. Like, okay, that when when Madonna showed up on the screen, my wife's been watching this with me, and she when Madonna shows up, she's like, she literally audibly said, "What? He <laughs> dated Madonna?" And I was just laughing. And I told Nick and I were talking about this earlier, but this is this is my one complaint about the documentary is the timeline part of it, and especially like my wife is just like going back and forth, and even like myself, it's like, all right, well now they're you know they're in '89 now. 
okay, back to 98. Now they're in, you know, 90. Now it's like, okay, now we're about to fill in the Knicks. Then we're early, you know, early Rob. It's like all this stuff. And then my wife's like, wait, Robin's on the Pistons? I thought he was on the Bulls. Yeah. And it's like, uh, so the timeline of this, I get that they're trying to fit. It's about Rodman, but it's about the last dance in the season too. But we're also showing Jordan's rise, and it's so it's like all these different things. That's my only complaint, but it's still absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was it was extra confusing because Rodman was on those Pistons teams that Jordan couldn't get past, right? Yeah, because so, they were going back to bef- before, and then they were you know Rodman was with the Pistons or Rod was with the Pistons, then he was with the Bulls, and it was all kinds of crazy. So he was talking about he wanted to beat the mess out of Jordan and the Jordan rules and all that. Um, yeah. Uh, any anything else on on Dennis Rodman uh, from this documentary? Oh, Gary Payton said Dennis Rodman was the f up person. Yes, <laughs> that he would just come in, in and like, f up yeah. everything. Who's an f up person in the NBA today? Oh gosh, I mean it was Tony Allen before he left, but there's not many yeah. right now. <clears throat> Kawhi, like, like, throw- like Kawhi, kind of seems like one, right? But yeah. Deshaun Stevenson, you know, before, you know, kind of, but I saw somebody try to throw out like a Ben Wallace Rodman comparison and just like kind of what Wallace meant to those Pistons teams and Rodman a little bit. And cause like every, every great team needs a guy like Rodman in that third or fourth role that accepts their role like he did and all of that stuff. But, um, I like that they, you know, they showed a lot of the Pistons years for him uh, because, you know, I think a lot of people, even our age, a lot of people just associate Robin with those crazy hair bulls days. And, yeah, or Kim um, Jong-un, right? <laughs> very true, yes, or with anything. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, those Pistons years and just how that kind of just made him and it was grooming him, you know, to move forward, you know, just be that bad boy, which we'll talk about the Pistons in a little bit, I guess. But um, I just want to throw it out there, too, that I feel like, at least for me, he was one of the first NBA players that truly just embraced who they were as their, like, personality off the court, just crazy, you know, outfits and hairstyles and just all of that stuff. And I don't know. It's just like whether you know, whether you thought it was weird or you thought it was just out, you know, too far and like all this stuff. It was just some. There's just something about seeing somebody just like, hey, I don't give a crap what people are going to think. I'm just going to be who I, who I want to be and and all of that. And he was kind of the first person that I remember kind of really setting that tone for that. Yeah, he did it the loudest, right? Now maybe somebody else were yeah. they were being themselves and not necessarily being it as loud as Dennis Rodman was, but he was being himself True. the loudest uh, yes. and probably paved the way a little bit for like an Allen Iverson that came and changed the you know the NBA like culture in a way and the way that people you know dress and you know and all that kind of stuff the length of shorts and <laughs> all, of shorts. all that um okay so then there's a lot about um about Michael Jordan and the the rise of Michael Jordan uh mm. oh one a couple more things about about Dennis Rodman um at the time people thought that adding Dennis Rodman could have been one of the dumbest moves ever like this was such a controversial move because you had this team that had won three titles. Jordan was coming back and adding Dennis Rodman to this team could have just blown up every, everything and just adding up a, a personality like that. I mean, I I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a comparison, like adding a player to the, like those warriors teams, like who would be a player? Like there's not even, there's not even anyone comparable, but adding just this total, 
unknown type personality yeah. and uh he was known as a player right like you understood what type of player he was going to be but unknown as a personality on you know on and off the court um but it, it is kind of crazy to think about that they added to they had such success with that team and they added dennis rodman to that team yeah and i liked uh, i forget what the front office member was he was one of the assistant people in the front office when he just got a brief interview there and Basically, like he was the one who looked at him and was like, I, we could figure that out. I, I like seeing that of that he saw Rodman not as the outcast or just somebody that was done, but he saw him as like the missing piece for this team. And it's like, I think we can mold him and fit him into a role that would maximize his strengths. And man, what, what a freaking decision. Seriously. And then Steve Kerr had, uh, there's so many great lines in this, in these oh, couple yeah. episodes. However, Steve Kerr had a great one. He said, we understood that Rodman had different needs than the rest of us <laughs> this is this is before his vegas trip uh the dennis rodman had different needs i thought that was a great cl- great quote from him uh okay so talking more about about michael jordan's rise and how he couldn't get past the bad boys pistons that had dennis rodman on it this is kind of going back um one of the things that really stuck stuck out to me was the Pistons walking off the court after getting swept in the Eastern Conference Finals. They had beaten yeah. the they had beaten the Bulls what three years in a row? At least two years. Two yeah, two years in a row. Yeah, two years in a row in the in the fi- in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they meet again. Eighty nine and ninety. Yeah, they meet again, and they get swept in nine in ninety when they finally go or ninety one when they finally go and win the title. But the fact that the Pistons didn't like shake their hands and they just walked off the court. And then this whole exchange between Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, it's the, it's the thing you were talking about with the tablet and going, you know, going back and forth. Like they got yeah. Isaiah's answer about this. He's an idiot. And then, so they, they, Isaiah Thomas was like, yeah, but you know, you understand that the, the Celtics did that to us. And he's like, if I had known what people were going to say, we wouldn't have done it. We would have just done our, our due okay. diligence and just walked up and shook their hands. But then, they go back and they show Jordan before they even show him the the footage of Isaiah Thomas reacting. He's like, he's he. I know exactly what he would say. He would say something like, "Well, if we would have known," and he said almost word for word, got exactly what Isaiah Thomas said. I thought that, that was such a great moment. And Jordan was like, his eyes as he was listening, he was like vindicated, <laughs> vindicated. Yeah. I knew exactly. I thought that was such. I mean, Horace Grant, the, one of the probably the greatest uh. lines of the whole thing. He said, there, "There's all such b words." <laughs> I laughed so hard when oh, Horace said man. that. Which Horace is over here bench pressing houses uh, right now. Huge dude. But, oh my gosh! Still. All the stuff with with the Pistons team. I love the hate. I, I I grew up knowing. Like I remember my dad telling me how much he just hated that Pistons team, and you know, and hearing about the walk off thing. And then I guess the first th- time I saw like extensive like reporting stuff on it was the Bad Boys uh, Thirty for Thirty. Yeah, and they talked a lot about that. And it was really cool. Uh, so I'm glad they touched on it again here because it was such a coward move. And the fact that I tweeted out earlier tonight, it was like you know when the Pistons beat them the second time. Jordan does it on court interview after an eliminate elimination. I wrote this game. down too, and it's like. Bro, like we like, and he's just like sitting there talking. He's like, "Yeah, they're the better team." He shook all their hands, and it's like, and then that next year for them to walk out like that. I and Isaiah tried to deflect the blame. He one tried to blame the you know the Celtics, and then he was like, "Yeah, Bill Lambier walked up to us and said, what if we you know we're not going to shake?'" So okay, let's just go ahead and blame Lambier <laughs> right Lambier now too. Under the bus. Which Lambier? Th- this is another thing too that I just laugh. You know, when it was a couple weeks ago and Lambier was on ESPN or something, it was like, "Yeah, Jordan's not the greatest." Whatever. I'm like, okay, when do we stop caring about what these bad boy Pistons teams <laughs> thought about Jordan? They all hate Jordan. Jordan hates them. 
them and like Jordan ended their little reign there and you see this hate that is still there to this day between Jordan and Isaiah and hey guess who is not on the dream team okay yeah Isaiah Thomas and uh, everybody knows exactly why Isaiah Thomas is not on that dream team so it would be like continually asking you what you thought about LeBron James right like it's just eventually we should just discredit anything you say about LeBron like it just doesn't matter that's not true (laughs) oh man yes this whole thing this whole exchange between them was, was crazy um the physicality of the Bad Boys Pistons. I mean, like, you can't imagine what that would be like for today's players. It shouldn't be like that. That's the thing people are saying, oh, the NBA is so soft now. Like, oh, the NBA is soft. Why not? Soft as hell now. Like, you should not be that. Like, guys were, were get seriously hurt. And, like, that time when, when Rodman, like, tackled Pippen out of bounds and hit him right in the back as he was, like, hitting a layup. Like, that's just dangerous. And that you're putting people in, in harm's way for no reason. Like, that's just ridiculous. It's just it's just a stark difference that what we see in today's game, the flopping, but, the bar- people barely getting hit and acting and throwing down like they got sniped and it's like all this little stuff and then you see play you see this stuff back then and you're like can you imagine if you tried the flopping crap back then like you know like what the game is now and I'm not saying it's all in the players it's just where the game is at right now referee wise but yeah, you can't help to look, watch this and be like, I can't imagine. Because somebody get, barely gets fouled in today's game. It's like, is this a flagrant? You know, what is this? You know, suspensions if there's you know, hard fouls. And I miss that, man. I I'm, I'm, I miss the physicality of that stuff. I miss fights in the NBA. I miss all that stuff. Yeah, I love players missing like five games because they got hurt after Heck getting yes, smashed. And then, oh, come Heck on. Yes, get give, out me, of here. give me hey, physicality okay, fights okay, all day. Luca drives the lane. Luca gets smashed in the head by somebody and misses four games because he twists his ankle because somebody like destroyed him off of a drive like but you know that's what the reason this stuff, on the- this the reason this stuff is out of the game is because guys would get hurt but but what would happen uh, hopefully a maverick would come out and deck somebody and that maverick would be an all-time legend yeah i mean i'd, I'd rather not have luca get hurt though and miss games Okay, but I'm okay. If Jordan can win six titles through it all, and he got okay. destroyed he, by the Pistons, I know we can't. Right. He's literally in. He's literally not even human. I mean, no, I get that, but I'm just. I'm still saying, like, I still miss that physicality. I still miss that. You're not telling me that people in baseball don't love when people charge the mound, or when you know there's a fight at second base for the Rangers and Blue Jays a few years ago, that's, and people are getting suspended four or five games. Yeah, that's not okay. even. That's not even a baseball play, though, right? Like. The baseball equivalent is you're talking about guys like defending home plate and sliding and cleating guys in the ankle, right? Like that's the equivalent of it. Like that's just dangerous. The fighting, I mean, you could fight. Go ahead. Like if you want guys okay, so to you're fight down in the for NBA, fighting. so it's not about suspensions or getting hurt through fighting. So you you're okay with that? With what? With fighting and getting suspended. No, that's fights. what you're saying. You're saying you. Yeah. Well, what about I'm the fights? Like, it. hey, if you want to fight, that's on you, right? But if you're in the game of basketball, you should be able to to feel like it's a safe environment. You're not going to get hurt by somebody doing something like extracurricular. Yeah, I just I just miss all of it. I just I think it makes it so much more entertaining to see stuff like that and see like, man, just I love seeing hate in the game. It's like, who hates anybody now? Like. Oh, uh, like come. seeing the animosity. Like, what? Tell me. I, I'm listen. I want to know. Michael Jordan went went and played golf with Danny Ainge and Charles Barkley during the yeah, finals. I'm, I'm glad, yes, that's a couple examples. But we also have the Pistons and stuff too. <laughs> that was Where, one what's example. The hate now? You have one example. I brought two. You only have one example. Michael Jordan he, didn't hate other people. There wasn't. What more else hate did he hate then? then? There wasn't. You're okay. You're saying there's just as much hate now between players and teams than there is back then. I think that. 
Come on. No, not as much hate. There's because no the, way. The, the, the bad boys were a complete outlier of all time. Like, you okay. even look back to, the, like, the 70s and, like, 60s, right? Like, there's not a team like that that people hated. Yeah. They're I agree, all-time but I most hated team, right? If, they're, if they were to, in today's game, people would hate them just as much. True, yeah. That would be hated for sure. So it's an outlier but, team. It's not but like they, it's not like all not these the teams were source hate. of hate and everything. There's still you get to talk about Magic and Bird back then. You said like, hey, I didn't like them, and they were end up being friends and stuff. But it, there was more animosity back then. Can you admit that? There's the same amount of animosity now as back then. The other, the other, the other part about this is when we look back, you only see the highest points of things. Right, so you're only talking about Magic Bird. You're only talking about Pistons. Like, if you're talking about Magic Bird and you're talking about Jordan versus okay, the Pistons, the you're taking like now. you're taking like ten years of time, right? Like, if you take ten years of of now, like you take. Well, it's the, not just them. I'm sure we could go back and find plenty of examples of people hating each other and hard fouls and fights and all this different stuff. I know, but I'm, now you're trying I, to do research to prove your thesis. <laughs> at least I have examples. What's our examples now? Of guys hating each other. Yeah. What Draymond and LeBron? Ooh, well, Dray- because Draymond, they Draymond, Draymond and Durant. Media. Draymond and Durant now. <laughs> yeah, because there's a difference now between because back then animosity was shown through physicality. It's like, hey, I'm gonna man up and do it. Now it's it wor- words through the media or Twitter or something like that. I just don't think there was as much as people try to make it out to be. Oh, okay. Guys still were hanging out together and like being friends. still hanging out for sure. But there was more animosity and hate back then. And I'm saying for me, I enjoy seeing that stuff. I enjoy seeing these old clips and seeing fights. And stuff. I'm like, man, I wish that stuff was in today's game. I do wish that. Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond, Joel Embiid and anybody. <laughs> Joel Embiid's the, yeah, the, answer, yeah. the answer to, to this question. And see but. how much people just freaking loved it. How much we talk about it on the podcast, on a Mavericks podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, look how crazy it is. People love that stuff. People feed off that stuff. Well, they're, they're taking... Like I think the NBA is kind of taking their their lead from the the best player, and LeBron isn't a guy like that. Like he's not like Jordan, right? I mean, and this is what we're going to keep seeing throughout this documentary. Is he just doesn't have that killer instinct, like want to beat you at all no, costs, no. like Jordan does. And that's the, that's the difference between the two as players, you know? Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about like LeBron, Kobe, like but, like the rest of the league been... is taking is taking note from him, and they're not as hateful, you know, like stuff like that. Anyway, whatever. Those bad boy Pistons teams—they were fun to, you know, they're fun to look back on and hate. And it'd be a terrible game to watch. You would not want to watch a game where just your favorite, oh, your favorite players. I would. You just yeah. lie so much on this podcast sometimes How and say I, that you would why, love things. Why is this a lie? You would, why you is, would I, love to I hate watch when your... people tell me my opinions are lies. <laughs> That's not fair. Because yes, I would love it. I would love watch to see your Charles favorite player just gets destroyed in the lane every time he tries to. I would love to see my favorite. You know what means more? My favorite player beating those guys than somebody else beating somebody because they got a jab on them on through Snapchat. Okay, That's what I, I get more enjoyment out of that. I enjoy seeing Charles Oakley run over and take up for Michael Jordan. I love seeing that. We don't see that crap now. I just don't believe that you would love to see your favorite player get destroyed every you time might, he tries to go. You might not, but I do. I, I enjoy seeing it. It's not every time, but you know what? Who won the title? Who got through him? Love my that, favorite like, player getting hurt for no reason. Okay. Well, if my favorite player can't put up with it and can't fight back, then, hey, I'm sorry. He might not be my favorite player. Oh, my gosh. Just he ain't going to be my favorite player if he's just going to whine and just walk out and just back. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody hit me. I'd right. so much so, rather see karate chops and like forearm shivers than I'd rather see basketball. Okay. I just don't think it's basketball what the Pistons were doing. 
Okay, it won them two titles. So I'm not, I don't I'm not saying it didn't work. I, I don't think they're caring one bit if people are calling it basketball <laughs> or not. So it worked. People think what the Warriors did is in basketball, like jacking threes everywhere. But well, yeah, I think shooting shooting a basketball at a different location on the floor and it's still going through the hoop is different than I did. I'm not saying physical. it was my opinion. It's other people's. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Did you enjoy any of the Phil Jackson background stuff? I loved when he told Rodman that you're like a Hayoka, which is like an Indian word for a, mm. a backwards walking person. I thought that was great. And then I didn't know all the like Native American like passions. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, know that, that either. Uh, but seeing seeing him do yoga with everybody, I knew that I knew that that's a thing he did with teams. But just actually getting to see footage of like Jordan and Rodman <laughs> Pippen on yeah. yoga mats in the middle of the the court that was hilarious to watch. But it was what brought them together in a way. Uh, and and it could be what kept them like healthy, right? Like because they were stretched out and they were able to, yeah. uh, you know, yoga would probably helped them in that. Uh, man, there's so many. Man, there's so many things. So this this part of the documentary got us through the shot against the Cavs, right? Like that first round yeah, series, the Elo shot, the Elo shot where Ron Harper was, was like, "I got MJ, I got MJ." And the Cavs coach was like, "No, Elo has MJ." And he said, "Whatever, f this BS." <laughs> oh man, and then. Um, yeah. Oh, one of the I think the greatest lines so far in the documentary was the newscaster talking about Doug Collins getting fired when Phil Jackson was going to replace him. He said, "If you're getting ready for work today, you're probably not Doug Collins." Savage. <laughs> How about animosity in the newsroom? <laughs> uh, no, I'm like, holy crap! You wouldn't even sniff a NBA locker room now. Oh um, man. <laughs> I, I I love the Jordan quote with the reporters before the Cavs game, and he went up to him like one had predicted four games, five games, yes, or three, yeah, yeah, three games, four games, and five games. And he walked up to game five. And he's like, "We proved you wrong. We proved you wrong, and we're about to prove you wrong." And uh, I'm just picturing some players in today's game telling Tim McMahon that. <laughs> Specifically, Tim McMahon. <laughs> yes, for sure. There's so many media people. It doesn't seem like people's picks count as much. There's only three beat writers there at that game. And but you mentioned this on last last Monday's podcast. Yeah. You're like everybody made the biggest deal. You know, makes the biggest deal now about there's too much media in the locker room. Okay, <laughs> this has been around for a while, guys. Some of these some of these scrums Jordan was in. Holy cow! There's dudes. Oh my gosh! There's dudes just like putting their ear to the you know to the scrum, having to write things down because they can't reach it. Jordan was like standing up in his locker on one of them. And it's like, this is more media than like Dirk's last game. <laughs> it's crazy. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, all right. There's so, I mean, we could talk about this all day. Uh, what just small things. I love that Tex winner got his, uh, his due yeah. respect. You know, the OG of the triangle. Yes. There's so much story, backstory about Tex winner. Uh, the random stuff of when Phil Jackson was coaching, uh, was it Philippines or Puerto Rico? Oh, in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And he said that the mayor of the town shot the ref and in the leg. And I'm like, what the crap? Uh, but that was just uh, that was crazy. That reminded me and, of when when uh, that video of, of the owner of J.J. Barea's team. Like, remember, J.J. Barea was coaching yes, a team yeah. and he came out and the, the owner punched the ref in the face. Yes, that was. Yes, that's on Max Moneyball that. somewhere. If you guys want to look that up, like J.J. Barea owner punches ref puerto rican league that video is on I, there i just like the whole like conversation about the triangle and jordan and just jordan embracing that that he was yeah. the best player in the game best offensive player for sure and it's like all right now you're taking the ball out of my hands and just him learning the triangle embracing that and him saying that line that he's like i don't want bill cartwright to have the ball with two seconds left in the shot clock 
<laughs> and I was just like, and they, sh- and they show Bill Cartwright like breaking a, a shot, a little turnaround baseline <laughs> jumper. <laughs> yes, and I was just dying laughing. And uh, but yeah, I like that. I like them showing that, and you know, them leading up to that, uh, kind of briefly showing those '90s jazz teams, and which have incredible colors schemes, by the way. Oh yeah, those, uh, those mountain jerseys are great. Well, yeah. Which, by the way, Dirk's still the goat power forward. Don't let anybody. As soon as these, as soon as Wait, these, somebody say that. Yeah, as soon as these Carl Malone clips come back and people are like oh man carl malone was really good like yeah he was really good but dirk's still yeah, yeah, incredible yeah yeah dirk's yeah don't, dirk's don't let anybody forget all right there you go there's so much that we can keep talking about this but uh keep watching the last dance we're enjoying it hopefully you guys are too um we'll be back the rest of this week doing i don't know what we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out but on thursday we're definitely doing a game pod so stick with us and join us on hot mic on thursday peace out boom